0: Hello beautiful people. Welcome to Nectar Sex and Soul. I'm your host Suraya Leonora and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach. This is a chance for us to get intimate, to reach far into the mystical, magical, erotic, tender, inspiring, vital, primordial depths of what it is to be human, what it is to express and inhabit these amazing bodies fully, and what it is to make love to the divine in everything we do. We'll be penetrating deeply into the nectar of what it is to be alive and turned on by life, how to transmute pain and hardship into pleasure and medicine, how to embody the union of polarities, including sex and spirit, and how to love every piece of ourselves wholeheartedly. This is a space where we don't just talk about the act of sex, but rather how sexual energy permeates every area of our lives as the seed of creation and the source from which we all came. Exploring sexuality in this way not only takes our sex lives to the next level, but is a catalyst for a life that turns us on in each and every moment, not just in the bedroom. Within you stirs a sexual vitality that is capable of so much more than you could possibly imagine. This is what we explore on Nectar, Sex, and Soul. Thanks for coming to play. Hello everyone, welcome to Nectar, Sex and Soul with Soraya Leonara. It is such a pleasure to have you all here today. And it is such a pleasure and gift to have a very special guest here today. This is a very incredible woman who I met on Maui just a couple months ago, who I am so blessed to have crossed paths with and so truly honored and inspired and excited to have her here today. Her name is Naomi Batiste, and she is based in Australia, also from Australia, and she's a central embodiment guide. And we had such a beautiful instant connection from the moment we met we realized we were both projectors in human design and that we both work in the realm of sexuality and we got to have some really incredible adventures together uh, from that point of connection and some incredible conversations and some really interesting uh, stories and, and things that happened that inspired us to get together and do a podcast and so We're going to be talking about all kinds of topics today ranging from what women want to self-pleasure to embodied sexuality to how to really have a more deeply meaningful connection with your sexuality. And we're really just gonna see where this conversation takes us because we just love to bounce ideas off of each other and we just have a lot of fun talking. So we're really excited to welcome you all here into this conversation with us. And Naomi, thank you so much for being here. I would love to just give you the opportunity to just share a little bit about who you are and your work before we get into this conversation.
1: Mm, Beautiful, thank you so much, Soraya. And yeah, thank you for having me here. It's so exciting. And yeah, like you said, just feels so natural. Like we just had the most epic conversations on Maui. You came and stayed at my little hut that I was staying in. And we would just like stay up, just like talking about the juiciest topics. So, <laughs> oh, just so yummy. So yummy. Um, Yeah. So a bit about me. I am a sensual embodiment guide. I really work in the realms of sensuality and pleasure. And my approach in that is really about sensitization, sensitizing to your body, to the sensations in your body, and learning how to listen to them. And yeah, this real unraveling process of yeah, delayering the conditioning, the shame and yeah journeying into yourself and your body and how that feels for you specifically um yeah and and working from there to invite and cultivate pleasure in your body and aliveness Mm. Mm.
0: thank you for sharing that and you embody and just ooze the essence of the work that you do so beautifully it's so magnetic (laughs) and so delicious and Um, really encourage everyone to continue diving into Naomi's work after this podcast, which I'll uh, let you know how to do that at the end here. But yeah, yeah, you've got to really witness this woman in action. She's truly incredible. (laughs) So yeah, I'm so excited to dive into this with you. And Naomi will probably be on this podcast multiple times because there's so many different directions and, and things that I want to discuss with her and that I love just hashing out with her and putting ideas out there. So we're gonna dive into some of these topics based upon a really funny conversation that we had on a nude beach that just inspired, that just just made us realize that there's a big topic that we, we wanna get into and share with people. Yeah, we met this we met this guy on the nude beach who, you know, when he found out that we work in the realm of sexuality, he wanted to ask a million questions, mm-hmm. as people often do, and uh, <laughs> and he he kept asking. So he started out by saying, "So, so what do women want? Do they do they want to be fucked, or do they just want to be eaten out all day?" <laughs> <laughs> so
1: specific. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah, we just we laughed. We thought it was such a funny question, and we started, you know, sharing our our thoughts on the matter. And he kept asking all these other questions that were kind of circling back to uh, the same type of question, where he was almost missing the point of the answer. And so he was like, "Well, what's what's the most arousing thing somebody's ever done? Is it like you know, moving a feather along your body? Is it is it group sex? You know, what is it?" <laughs> <laughs> And so we were talking a lot about, you know, it's, it's not about a one size fits all approach. It's every single person's body is so different and every moment is different. And the way that someone's body might interact with this lover could be completely different than the way that it interacts with Mm -hmm. another lover. And what she loved last week, she might not be into at all this week because her mood is different, her vibe is different, her hormones are in a different place. Mm -hmm. And there's so many factors that play into it. And so the question of what women want is not one that you can kind of sum up in a list of tips and tricks. It's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very much more, uh, much more nuanced than that. And yeah, yeah. What what would you say about that, Naomi? What were you know some of the things
1: that came up for you? Yeah, yeah. It was so enlightening for us. I think we were both just kept looking at each other and just with this knowing. And every time he would ask a question, it was like he really just wanted specific answers. Like his brain just wanted to be like, okay, this is the thing. And every time we would answer essentially saying like you know the answer is to come into deep listening you know listening to her what she wants feeling her asking her even you know but just like coming into presence and listening and yeah I think his brain just really really wanted something more specific Um, and yeah that's just It's never the answer, not for one person, not for one moment. You know, it's always about presence of what's interacting internally with you, internally with your partner, and then what's between you as well. And the more you can be in your body, the more you're going to actually be able to feel that resonance and feel that transmission between you. Um, so yeah, it was very enlightening to realize, ah, okay, if he's asking these questions, he's probably just the person who's brave enough to ask them. And so many other people are wondering the same thing. They're just too scared to ask.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I I really loved his courage and his willingness to just come forth with all of his questions. It was good on him. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great conversation. Um, and and yeah, and it was it was really enlightening. And even though I've worked with men for so long, just still realizing that so often especially in the west we like to have things figured out we like to look at things logically we like to check things off lists and um have this very logical framework and sex isn't really like that Um, and the female body isn't really like that and so Mm -hmm. it's it's very um yeah, important to come out of the head and into the body. And like you said, that deep listening, listening to the moment, listening to the synergy, feeling mm. what is moving through us right now? What is wanting mm. to, to be co-created between us? And mm. if we come into that with a trajectory, you know, let's say I told him, these are the things that turn me on the most. And then he takes that to the next woman he connects with. She might not be into it at all.
1: That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm.
0: And I can't even say these are the things that turn me on the most because it really depends on my mood and my vibe. And so it's it's something that if we are in tune with our bodies and we know how to communicate and we know how to listen and we can slow the fuck down and stop trying to get somewhere, mm-hmm. all the answers come clear in the moment. It's not something we have to plan ahead for or study in advance. And there there are many things we can do to get to know our own sexual energy in our own bodies and to to work with our sexual energy in particular ways, but there's no going into it having all the answers figured out because Mm -hmm. if you try to do that, you're gonna be missing what's actually here right now with Mm. this unique
1: individual. Mm, definitely and I think that's a really interesting point is like we in our society are so focused when it comes to pleasure and sexuality to focus on the other and what I should be doing but actually the greatest thing you could be doing for your lover is in your own time outside of connecting with them really exploring yourself and really Coming into connection with yourself and your body, because when you can understand how your body works, how your body feels, what you like, you know, when you do come into connection with another, you know, you're very aware, you're aware of your sensation and you're connected to yourself. And so you're not in your head about, okay, what's going to feel good. You're feeling what's feeling good. And you're both in this resonance together so yeah like we you know there's all these magazines about all the tips and tricks and techniques and really I think it's actually the answer is opposite to that it's like coming back to the body cultivating pleasure self-pleasure on your own cultivating it in your body and feeling sensation coming into the sensitization and then when you are yeah in in connection with your partner you know you're not thinking about what what should i do next you're both in this transmission this resonance together
0: absolutely yeah a lot of those tips and tricks are just at a very surface level and and not actually revealing the the depth that's possible and Mm. if we don't know ourselves sexually if we don't take the time to connect with ourselves sexually there's so many ways that we're not going to be able to show up in our fullest expression. One, if we're expecting our partner to turn us on and to be the thing that stirs our sexual energy, like they're working with dead weight. They're working with cold water. And the more mm. that we can be stirring that cauldron within ourselves and going, going and knocking on the door of that primordial energy that lives inside of us, that we are made out of, that is mm. that living, breathing vitality. And we can knock on the door of that and connect with it and listen to how it's moving each day and take time to to let the water flow to really stir that pot instead of letting it stagnate or become repressed or waiting for somebody else to come along and do that we are turning ourselves on we're making ourselves more magnetic Mm. more available more alive for the connection and we're taking ownership of our own sexual energy so You know, I think a lot of times people outsource their pleasure, their arousal to other people where they need Mm. this person or porn or this fantasy to be the thing that lights that energy for them. But that energy didn't come from those other people. It came from deep within us. They were just kind of the mirror that activated
1: it. Mm, Absolutely. And what you say about like taking self-responsibility for our pleasure Mm -hmm. is like, you know, when we're not inviting pleasure into our lives, into our bodies in general, like how can we expect then when we're intimate with someone to go from zero to a hundred and expecting them to be able to take us from zero to a hundred. Whereas when we're cultivating this on our own, we're taking responsibility, we're self-pleasuring, we're inviting pleasure into our day-to-day life, finding pleasure and joy and aliveness in all of life, Mm -hmm. then we're not, having to go from zero to a hundred when we're intimate, actually we're probably existing on like 50%, 75%, you know, we're we're, we're feeling that in our day to day. And so when we're intimate, we're able to really drop in so much more easily.
0: Yes. I'm so glad you said this because I talk a lot in this podcast about how sex is so much bigger than the act of sex. And so this isn't just about your explicitly sexual self-pleasure practice, but yeah, how are you enjoying your food or your cup of tea? Are you getting into your body and stretching and moving? Do you pay attention to the way the sun feels on your skin? Do you allow yourself to sink into the hug that you share or the sound of your friend or lover's voice? You know, there's there's so many sensual riches throughout the day that if we're on autopilot, if we're in a rush, if we're not present, we're not actually absorbing the rich nourishment of all of those moments. And every single moment has the ability to feed our turn-on, to revitalize Mm -hmm. our system. Even an uncomfortable situation carries a charge that is energy, that is vitality. And if we know how to breathe that through our system and move and work with it, we can be allowing every part of our day to be feeding us in some way. And we can be in in deep communication with our body. And then Mm -hmm. when you bring that to the bedroom, it's like, yeah, you've already been alive and present and aware in each moment. You're not saving that for the bedroom and saying, well, I haven't been present or turned on all day. And now I'm expecting to be able to turn that on like a switch now that I'm wanting to be intimate. What is it to be intimate with every moment and then bring Mm. that to the
1: bedroom? Yes, 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 yes. That's it. That's it, exactly. Yeah. When we're existing in like numbness and dissociation outside of sex, how can we expect to be able to drop into our pleasure? You know, that's when we're really needing to depend on like hyper stimulating tools and arousal to be able to go there. Whereas if we can really drop in and slow down, and feel we're really coming into intimacy from a totally different reference point and that's when we don't need to ask those questions of like what do women want (laughs) you know we're actually being able to like just be in that space of deep listening yeah
0: absolutely absolutely and if, if we can listen to our own bodies and we can listen to our lover's body it's there's not even a question of what do they want? Because we're just feeling and following the energy and we're tracking with the energy instead of coming into it with a trajectory of where we think it's supposed to go. And so that's another thing too, is is knowing our own body because if we don't self-pleasure, if we don't take the time to get to know our own body, then we expect our lover to know our body. Uh, that's that's a lot trickier. It's like we want to be able to offer guidance. Yeah. And especially for a female body. Um, our genitals are tucked away, they're hidden, it's dark in there, you know. I mean, if, if we've never taken the time to explore that, and then we're like, hey, you figure it out. And if our partner does not also have a female body, like that's gonna be really challenging. And even if they do have a female body, every female body is designed so differently so and differently. works so differently. And so yeah. we we have to kind of give our lovers that grace of taking the time to know ourselves and being able to communicate what we like and what we don't like and offering some guidance Mm. instead of being like well good luck in there you know figure it out on your own
1: (laughs) so important and also on that of like everyone being so different also like being intimate with different people creates a different transmission like different people will activate different things in you they'll bring out different parts of you you know you might find yourself really softening with certain people and then other people finding yourself really fiery and you know, different people are going to bring out different things. And so you might like different things. You might not like different things. You might have different boundaries with different people. So it's just so important that we're, yeah, not, not seeing sex through this one size fits all of like what's going to work for one woman is going to work for another or even a man. And just, yeah, always coming back, coming back into listening, coming back into openness, receptivity. Mm -hmm.
0: it's really similar to dance or any other co-creative process where it's like you know people can bring out such different qualities in your dance and introduce new ways of moving and open you up in new ways and some people you find synergy with really easily some people it's a little bit awkward and you've got to move through those edges some people it's just not vibing and it's it's not really going to work and so getting curious and and feeling into like where is that point of harmony and synergy between us and maybe we do have a shared interest but we're coming at it in, in, in different ways and we need to figure mm-hmm. out like how do we get on the same page with the, with the desire to explore this particular arena or this desire and the more that we can communicate, not just with our words, but kinesthetically, energetically, through the breath, slowing down, because if we slow down, we can pick up on all the little subtleties that get, Mm. you know, blown past if we're in a hurry to get somewhere. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. definitely. Really being able to notice the nuances in your Mm -hmm. body. And that's coming back to knowing yourself, connecting with yourself, taking time with yourself, you know, devoting yourself to your pleasure. That's Mm. what my work is really about. It's about being able to hone in on those nuances because there's so much going on around us and in our bodies that, you know, minds, you know, it's so easy for that to be drowned out. It's so easy to be distracted from that. So you really have to, it's a practice, you know, and it's not going to happen instantly. You can't expect yourself to just be so embodied and full of pleasure straight away. It really is something that needs to be coaxed out of you and cultivated and really tuned into. Yes,
0: it is. It's, it's a practice and the Taoists call it self-cultivation. You know, we're not going into it with an expectation. Sometimes self-pleasure doesn't have sunshine rainbows and orgasms at all sometimes we show up and we meet the pain and we meet the loneliness Mm. and we meet the frustration and we meet whatever whatever is there and it's a practice of showing up to let it express to let it move Mm. through to not need it to be a certain way and so often People are talking at their sexual energy rather than with it. We can have these demands. Mm. Why aren't you you showing up in this way? Why am I not wet? Why am I not hard? The body is always communicating something. If we are not able to elicit the response that we want from our bodies, We need to check in and listen, say, what do you need? What's out of alignment? What are you trying to communicate with me? How can I tend to you? It's not that something is wrong with us or that something's broken. It's a matter of of needing to listen to the language of the body and to feel Mm -hmm. into what is my body desiring. And instead of being demanding of it and saying, do this for me, give me this experience. How can I be in dialogue with you? How can I listen and meet you and show up to offer you what you need instead of expecting you to perform? in this particular way for me
1: or my lover mm-hmm. yes I love that so much and I love that piece that you spoke to around self-pleasure not always feeling good because out you know our sexuality our pleasure you know there's there's a lot there's a lot of layers that have been compounding over our over many years of socialization conditioning and so sometimes when we come into that connection you you know, things can arise. Things can come up, and yeah, we expect we have this expectation that it's always going to feel good. It's always going to be nice, and like you said, rainbows. Like sometimes, it you know, grief will come up. That I went through that process earlier this year. I I was moving through some grief, and I would connect with my self-pleasure every day without any expectation of like orgasm or anything like that, just to move pleasure through my body and allow the grief and the pleasure to dance and to ask myself, Mm. how can my grief actually feel pleasurable? Not to change it, but just to feel, just to feel it and allow it to move through my body and allow my self-pleasure to transmute that grief and allow Mm. it to to meet one another.
0: Naomi, I love that you just spoke to this because that is so powerful and, and such a deep piece of the work of Tantra and Taoism is, is to allow polarities to coexist, to be together. It's not like, um, you know, we can't experience pleasure when we also have grief or fear or anger or um, another big one, you know, there, there are so many horrible things happening in the world right now there is so much pain and suffering and that doesn't mean that we should feel guilty for being in our pleasure for being in our joy can we hold both at the same time without spiritually bypassing without trying to uh override one emotion or one experience but can we recognize that on this planet at all times and within each of us since we are microcosms of the whole, we are holding the full possible, the full spectrum expression of reality. Everything can and does exist. And so, Can we be simultaneously with maybe the longing that we have for a partner, but also the love Mm. that we have for ourselves? Can we be with the the fear that we're experiencing, but also the, the deep trust in the mystery? Can we be with the pain and the pleasure? And can we find our yes in each moment? And I don't mean this in a way like we're overriding our no, but can we find our yes which is like what part of this situation can I lean into and be fully present with and receive the medicine that it has to offer where is my yes in this that I can show up for and find pleasure even if it's incredibly uncomfortable
1: Mm. Mm. I love that
0: I, I met someone a long time ago um God, I must have been in my early 20s and I was at a festival and my foot fell asleep and I was like, oh, my foot's asleep. And he said, enjoy it. Even if you don't, <laughs> I thought it was like the cutest little riddle. I was like, oh yeah, this is all pins and needles and prickly and I don't really like it, but actually there's kind of a piece of me that does if I lean into it. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a pleasure there. And can I find that and enjoy it? Even though the mental part of me that's making meaning of that sensation doesn't like it. The duality is a construct of the mind. The body experiences sensation and energy and the mind makes meaning of it and says, i like this or i don't like this and sometimes we can expand our capacity to be with a certain sensation in a way where even that grief or that fear you know it's been said mm. that fear is just excitement without the breath there's a charge there's an energy in all of these emotions that we have and can we allow ourselves to to feel that and to flow with it and grief is a big one that has come mm. up in my sexual journey as well mm. um where i've i feel like i've tapped into the collective grief of the the feminine and the earth on deep deep levels in my uh exploration with my sexual energy and mm. just the tears that have flowed and gushed through me and being able to be in the vessel of a female body connected to the earth and connected to all the other women through that space of sexual energy and grief Mm -hmm. has been such a powerfully potent healing portal um, that so many, I hear so many women say, I cry during sex all the time, is that normal? And like, yes, let the tears flow, baby. Like our sexual energy is the element of water and it needs to flow. And that's just one of the many ways it can express.
1: That's it. That's it. Like our eros, it's our life force energy. And when we bring Mm -hmm. our emotions to it, if we bring, you know, our grief, our longing, we bring all anything, you know, going on in our lives, we bring that to our eros, to our pleasure. It is so transmutational. It's so transformational. Like this energy is so potent, you know, whereas we usually we just leave you know, sex for sex and desire. But there is so much room for everything, everything, all of the emotions to be merged with our pleasure, without our yes. errors. Yes. So potent.
0: I love that you said that. Because it's, yeah, if we only, if we reserve sex for like, this is only when I feel happy and turned on, we're actually missing a huge piece of what's mm. possible. So for those of you who listened to my first episode, the path of Dharma that led me to this work, I discussed the connection between pain and pleasure and how for me, I had to move through my pain to access my pleasure. The only way around it was through it. They're two sides of the same spectrum. And so what I had been doing was running away from sex because it was painful. So I I was avoiding it. And then when I realized I actually had to lean into it and gently work with that, and that there was so much medicine to discover through that space a whole new dimension of sexual exploration opened up and it's again the same with dance like that arrow's energy is moving through everything and so for example sometimes my partner and i instead of having a verbal argument we move through it with dance like we move that energy love through that in a way that it's like we're pushing those edges and we're, we're letting it express in a way that sometimes words can only scratch the surface of. Mm. And that kinesthetic mm. communication can be huge. And so we can bring all of that to sex too. And to say, wow, I'm having so much sadness right now. And I want to show up to meet that with my pleasure, with my embodied expression, my humanity. And mm. let it move, embody it, feel it. And that's a beautiful way to work with it.
1: I love that. I love that so much because it's like we're feeling our emotions somatically, you know, mm-hmm. so why not also communicate them with each other somatically, like from the body? Yeah, I love it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's just such um, a rich vastness to what's possible in the realm of sexual healing, and we can heal so much more than just our sexuality through the realm of sexuality. So oh, I yeah. Just- yeah I encourage everyone to kind of let yourself off the hook and feeling like you have to show up to that space in a certain way because there's so much more available than that
1: yes or you have to look a certain way or be a certain way or be sexy it's like expanding that capacity and that those belief systems what's really possible within sexuality and sensuality
0: absolutely absolutely and I think a lot of people can have very narrow ideas of what sex should or can be, and just dropping all the shoulds, you know. I I often imagine what would sex be like if we had never seen anyone else do it in the movies or porn yeah. or elsewhere? Like, how would we approach that space? Wow. What would shift if we could just bring that most pure curiosity, curiosity. Mm. where it's like, wow, this energy is moving through me. I'm feeling this energy. I'm feeling this way in my body. And oh, there's this attraction with this person. And how does this want to express? Mm. And like, wow, the different flavor it would take on the different journey it could take us on if we weren't in this Concept of like, well, this is how this goes. This is how people look. This is how fast they move. This is the linear trajectory. This is when she's supposed to orgasm. And when Mm. he orgasms, it's the end. And like, whatever. Mm. It's like all of these ideas that have been given to us are so limiting, actually.
1: Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, how should they sound and how I should look? But it's like, yeah, coming back to that erotic innocence, Mm.
0: curiosity
1: exploration which is like what we're saying now is like what we should be coming back to I love that of like yeah this curiosity of like how how would we approach it if we'd never seen anyone else do it Mm.
0: how could that be uniquely our own and so authentic to to our own bodies and to the moment and it's so helpful when we can take any sort of agenda off the table and just really be present and listen and to not have this linear trajectory to not be trying to get anywhere with it Mm. tantricas see orgasm as a potential byproduct of of sexual connection not as the goal or the point Mm. or the marker of was it a success or not and so what if we let go of that expectation too we're not trying to achieve anything or hit a target what opens up what becomes possible
1: that's it how can you feel pleasure in every touch during intimacy Mm. you know and when you feel pleasure somewhere in your body like how can you really tune into that and amplify it just through your presence you know so that through every interaction you're you're feeling orgasmic you don't need to literally have an orgasm or just be thinking about when you're going to get to the orgasm or how you're going to get to the orgasm actually feeling orgasmic in every touch
0: yes because the whole body has the potential to be an erogenous zone mm. when your full circuit board is lit up when you are fully turned on and fully immersed in the moment i mean i've witnessed thumbgasms, and you know like <laughs> just like the the craziest most unsuspecting parts of the body just come alive with such incredible pleasure and if we're only focusing on the genitals and if we're kind of racing through this delicious five course meal to try to get to the dessert where we're missing the whole journey. And every single part has the experience, has the potential to be so luscious and to fully come alive. And so I encourage in self-pleasure to work with the entire body and with connecting with another person, explore their entire body. Don't just go for what you think is the good stuff it's all the good stuff every single mm. little part of the body is capable of so much mm. more than we can imagine
1: that's it that's it and such a good practice for that it's something that I love to do is when I sell pleasure I don't have The intention to orgasm. Mm -hmm. I use sound, breath, touch, movement to explore pleasure in my body, to cultivate pleasure in my body. And if orgasm wants to come through, like that's so beautiful and that's such an extra. But actually allowing yourself to feel pleasure through the whole journey, the whole experience, and yeah, that's just going to leak out into your life. Like it's just going to bring pleasure in your body and allow it to ooze out of you through your whole life and especially then when you're intimate with somebody else and it's just like having that mentality and that intention of finding pleasure in every touch breath every sound you make movements how can you find pleasure there how can you explore pleasure there without doing it just to have an orgasm
0: absolutely i often say that orgasm and sexual energy is really similar to cats cats are like these very elusive on their own flow kind of creatures and they require a finesse a coaxing a flirtation it's like it's on their own terms like you can't go to a cat like you can a dog and just be like let's play like the dog's always down but the cat not so much the cat's like wait a minute you gotta coax me you have to be present you have to invite me into a consensual interaction
1: and to feel safe
0: yes Mm. absolutely so it's like if we're chasing the cat the cat is going to run away so fast if we're chasing Mm. that orgasm it's probably going to be really elusive or maybe we can squeeze one out with all our might you know sometimes we can squeeze out those those quick sharp orgasms when we tense and but it's when we slow down and we relax and we breathe and we invite and we become open for Mm. and work with this essence of allowance that Mm. cat is is seduced to come into our presence and to come connect
1: yes come rub up against us allow us to pet it and play with it yes I love that analogy
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's there's very much that building of energy and just like being curious and not having that expectation but being grateful to receive the blessing should it arise yes
1: hmm mm, I
0: love that yeah and I think a big piece you mentioned several things about sensitization and I think this is a huge one that I want to get into here because for a lot of people self-pleasure has been geared towards the point of this is to get off or to to blow off some steam to release pressure and Nothing wrong with that, but if you want, if you're trying to cultivate a deeper capacity to feel and to learn your sexual energy, then it's really helpful to try to take that goal off the table and to get really curious about prolonging and expanding pleasure and sensation and being able to listen and to journey deeper and to see where it takes you. And one of the biggest pieces to this is resensitizing our body is because If we've been in a pattern of using vibrators or watching a lot of porn or just using a very aggressive, fast touch, um, being too in the head, not in the body, all of these things can result in our body not responding to subtlety, kind of being shut down or numb and not being able to go to those deeper places. And so, yeah, I'd I'd love to hear anything that you have to say about that because I know this is something you work with a lot
1: hmm yeah definitely yeah it's about that hyper stimulation you know it's like Mm. we are often dissociating as well and wanting to get into this hyper arousal to get this like quick fix and to get there quickly and that can be really addictive and that's sort of the danger zone of using things that are going to be like hyper stimulating for us it's Whereas everything else we've spoken about of like listening to the body, feeling the nuances of the body, that's very hard to do when we are, you know, using things that are going to be just hyper stimulating us, only perhaps in the genitals as well. So again, we're like missing that like orgasmic sensation through the whole body. Um, and you know, coming back to it being addictive as well, is that, you know, we can get into a sort of a habit with it. And I definitely don't want to demonize, you know, using these tools, um, you know, every now and then it can just be what you want. That's what you, that's what you're craving. It feels good. It's nice to, you know, just get in there and, and have fun with it, but it's because it can be so addictive that we're doing it so often that we're missing out on feeling. We're missing out on sensitizing. We're literally desensitizing. And so when we want to then come into a space of, you know, deep connection with a partner, with ourselves, we then think, oh, I can't do this. I can't feel anything. I'm numb. I have to dissociate. And like having all of these things come up and it's because, you know, we haven't been cultivating that pleasure in our whole body. We've been allowing ourselves to just get the fast food, get in and get out. And yeah, that's when the, the issues can really arise when we're actually really wanting to be able to feel
0: absolutely fast food is a great way to describe it it's like the difference between the fast food and that really good organic five-course meal (laughs) that's truly nourishing and trauma happens when there's too much too fast too soon and I actually think that when we come at ourselves in this very kind of aggressive abrasive way with like really intense touch especially when our body is not warmed up so the body actually can be receptive to more pressure and speed when when it's fully opened up and aroused and in a space to receive that but if we go right for that it can be way too much for the body and it can kind of short circuit and go numb or become hyper hyper hypersensitive so it's really important that we're paying attention to how we are wiring the body when we do this. So a lot of times I'll hear women say, I can only come with a vibrator or like my partner can't make me come. Um, I only can with a vibrator. That's because you're desensitizing yourself with that. It doesn't actually resemble human touch. You know, your partner is not going to be able to do something similar to that with their body. And it's gonna be harder for your body to be receptive to those more nuanced subtleties. And so if we can slow down and and work to build pleasure, build energy, instead of going from zero to 100, because with most things in life, if we go from zero to 100, we're going to blow the nervous system out. And so Mm. we just need to be mindful of how we're doing that. And the same goes for men who um, can't get hard with a partner or who are coming sooner than they'd like. Very often, this has to do with overusing porn, being too in their heads, being desensitized, having too high of a tolerance for novelty, for whatever it is that they've been diving into, that it's hard for them to be present with the person in front of them and with the sensations in their body. And so just learning how to come home to that essence within ourselves without all these extra bells and whistles. But what does it, what does it mean to really just open up to what's already here? And if we feel bored in that being with that, if we feel numb being with that, taking the time to lean in Mm. and to just be present with the fact that I feel bored right now, or I feel numb right now, can you stay with it Mm. and continue getting curious and maybe notice What are you not picking up on because you're used to having more loud sensations or more loud expressions of pleasure? So it's kind of like if you cook with a lot of fat and salt, and that's like the way you make something taste good, rather than kind of working with the natural flavors of the food and the spices and kind of bringing out that full orchestral Mm. delicacy of that full experience, all the textures, Mm. it's it's a different thing, right? So we wanna be careful of like, are we just loading this up with friction and speed or are we taking the time to just really see all the little layers of what's here?
1: Mm, that's it yeah and that's a great analogy as well with the food because it's like our taste buds you know if we're always using the natural flavors like our taste buds are going to like acclimatize to that you know they're going to like acquire a taste for what we're usually eating and be able to feel the richness and the fullness of those flavors whereas if we're always using these like yeah really intense spices and butter and just like loading it up with garlic, like it's going to be overpowering to our taste buds. And so then when we've got the the natural flavors, it's like, I can't taste anything. Yes. Oh, Oh. I'm
0: so glad you said that too, because actually sugar is a great example of this sugar is like a very addicting thing just like Mm -hmm. fast food types Mm. of sex and when we detox from sugar our palate gets reset we we cleanse our palate and then coming back into exploring the sweetness of things that maybe we didn't even Mm. recognize as sweet before can feel so sweet um you know like just being able to pick up on those undertones that maybe you didn't even notice before because you were so steeped in this higher tolerance so food, food is a great analogy to work with with sex because also like we have a tendency to devour food a lot of times or to not be present when we eat. And I love to offer the practice of slowing down with your food and letting it be something that appeals to all of your senses and savoring rather than devouring. Like, can you really be present with every little texture and flavor mm. and let it melt in your mouth Because you actually get to enjoy it for longer when you do that. Otherwise, you scarfed it down and it's gone. And it's the same thing with sex. I mean, if you love sex, don't you want to be able to luxuriate in it for longer and and to really expand the space within which you get
1: to play? Mm, And enjoy all of it. Yeah. You know, why not enjoy every moment rather than just the climax? Mm -hmm. Mm, Just rushing to get there. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, like, I, I loved you said on Maui, because um, we were talking about foreplay on that conversation on the beach, and you said, I don't even like the word foreplay, and I was like, that's such an excellent point, but yeah, because it implies that this is just a means to an end, to, to get yeah. to the main act, and that's, that's just simply not the case.
1: That's it, it's all play, like, it's all sex, it's all part of the journey and the pleasure, you know, Yeah.
0: Sex, sex starts with that sexy glance across the room or just like grazing mm. your fingers along them as you walk by or mm. the, the little text that you send earlier in the day. And mm. you can be building that energy and, and truly making love throughout the whole day. It's, yes. there's truly no separation between like what's sex and what's not. And I think that was another question that he asked us that day actually. And it's, yeah, there's ma- many different expressions of sex but like where do you draw the line and and why why box sex into this one little piece where you're like this is sex and the rest is just you know the mating ritual that we do to get there (laughs)
1: Mm, so true so true yeah and I think it comes back to like shame and conditioning around sex not wanting to admit that it's all so sexual it's all pleasure it's all part of it it's all amazing <laughs>
0: yes yes absolutely and, and like what does it mean to make love with every moment like that is mm. that's mm. ultimately how we're gonna have the richest juiciest most turned on lives and mm. if we tell ourselves this isn't the moment it's not this one it's like well why not why can't this one be delicious too <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I love that.
0: I yeah. Love that. Yeah. And coming back to uh, that space of connecting with our own sexual energy, it's like that becomes second nature when we're connecting with it in each and every one of the moments throughout the day and then it becomes second nature to connect with a lover in an intimate way when Mm. we've been doing that with ourselves it's like we want to have that language be fluent within us right we want it to be something that um we know our bodies well we know how to stay grounded in our own sexual expression because when we're with another person wow the energy is high it gets hot and we can have a tendency to forget to breathe to speed up to lose ourselves in that Mm. person and so having that anchor into your own sensual sovereignty is huge yes
1: Yes. do you know how to make your way back there like do you know how to drop into your body into yourself exactly yeah so important to have these tools, have these practices that you do when you're alone so that when you're with a lover, you can come back to that anchor, as you said
0: yeah and you're not Mm. you're not needing them to fulfill that so this is Mm. this is another huge one because yeah we all want a lover to be able to explore that with of course that's that's so yummy and also Mm. what happens when that lover isn't in the mood and we are we don't want to put that pressure on them but sometimes we just need to be coaxed into the mood but other times it's not aligned and it's like do we have to repress that energy no we want to have a way that we can go tune into our own energy and fill our own cup and continue to give from that cup rather than resenting our partner because they're not there to meet us in that way or rather than feeling like oh I can't get what I want because they're not showing up to give me this thing and I think for a lot of couples they end up throwing self-pleasure out the window because they're like well that's something I do when I'm single
1: Mm, um, and I think
0: it's a really key ingredient in a healthy relationship because also you don't want it to be like oh my sexual energy only expresses in reference to this person and for a lot of women I've worked with them on on reclaiming their sexual energy as their own because they felt like oh this is just for my partner I do this for them but it's it's not actually mine Mm. and then also if we get out of a relationship and we haven't been connecting with our own sexual energy it's like whoa where am I I've totally lost touch with myself in that
1: way completely completely yeah you just nailed that that's such a big piece Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Another thing that I'd love to touch on with you is that difference between being in your head versus your body and how, how you relate with self-pleasure in this way.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I think that circles back to everything that we've spoken to finding, finding that space inside of you, being able to bring that awareness to your body. Most people may never have even done that, don't even know what that looks like, what that feels like. And so it's like, yeah, being able to come into connection, to come into conversation with your body. Um, a simple practice I would say to even begin that journey is you know, something that I tell all my clients, like just put just one song a day, just like one track. It's not like you, know, you need to do a big long half an hour or an hour or anything, just put one song a day, where your intention for that is to just move with whatever you're feeling and to just feel your body, you know, Mm. move, whether whatever is alive, whatever wants to come through, it might not even look like dancing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But, you know, even if you're just giving yourself that few minutes, it's, you know, over time, you're going to become familiar with your senses. You're going to become familiar with what it feels like to actually be in your body. And so then when you're in this environment of like being with another person and, you know, just instead of being in your head and thinking about what you're supposed to be doing, you come back into that place that you've been cultivating, that place you've been practicing and you've been returning to. And you know that place. You can come into intimacy from that place of connection with yourself. And so then knowing your body, knowing what it feels like to be embodied, you know, maybe your mind will still come through, maybe your mind will still say things to you, but you don't need to attach to it. You don't need to give it weight. You know how to come back into the body. You know how to come back to your breath and your movements, and your movements can drop you into that place again that you've been practicing going to. Yes.
0: Yeah. So you're you're offering breadcrumbs back home to yourself. You're like mm. cultivating those pathways back home to you. Mm. I love that. And I love that you spoke to that of just like putting the music on and feeling what you feel. It's almost even sometimes I don't even like calling it a self-pleasure practice just because it's like it doesn't have to necessarily be how you would define pleasure. And so, yeah, we are working. Can, can you find the pleasure in breathing with that? Can you find the pleasure in being with your body? But even just letting yourself like you don't have to feel sexy when you show up to it. You don't have to feel you know, happy or, or particularly alive but you can stir that vitality through saying I'm going to bring my frustration to this song and to this movement and just let it fucking move through and see what happens
1: yeah full permission full permission to feel for it to look however it wants to look I love that you said it doesn't have to look sexy and it doesn't have to look like anyone else Mm-hmm. you know it doesn't need to look like anything you've seen just allowing your body to move how it wants to move how it's like yearning to move like whatever comes through whatever emotion comes up just full permission for yourself
0: it's a way to give your body a voice like mm. what do you what do you need to say body? like this is yeah. your space to do your thing and express that's it yeah. I, I, I think it's also a gorgeous way to learn to source our turn on from within. I know I already kind of touched on that, but can you can you find how sexy it is to be in your skin? Like, can you just enjoy being in your body and recognizing I'm fucking amazing. I'm beautiful. This body is a miracle. I don't need somebody else to, to arouse me and to like get me to this place. I can appreciate the the beautiful temple that this body is and that's fucking magnetic like when you feel that and you're in a place where you can turn yourself on oh my god
1: so magnetic it is so, so magnetic, magnetic. yeah that this actually brings up something interesting for me I was reflecting to a friend the other day several years ago um, I had a haircut that I hated and I just felt so ugly I felt so ugly and I was like it affected me and my self-confidence so much. And then a couple of months ago, I got this haircut and I've got this mullet and I'm like not happy with it. I'm like (laughs) hating it. I'm like, I can't wait for my hair to grow. But I always thought that if I had a haircut that I hated, that I would feel ugly again. It would really, really rock me. And it's actually the best thing that has happened for my self-confidence now because I've realized that I don't give a shit. I still feel the sexiest I've ever felt because that, Esteem is coming from the inside. It's how I feel. I actually feel so much pleasure in my body that I don't, I don't care how my hair looks. I don't care what haircut I've got. I feel sexy. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not dependent on how I'm looking externally. And so that's been such a huge lesson for me. And why? And and just reminding me the importance of prioritizing pleasure, self pleasure, like cultivating that, so that you don't need to depend on how someone perceives you. You don't need to depend on whether you're like really happy with certain things about your appearance. You can actually just feel sexy and magnetism like radiating from the inside.
0: Yes. It is so much more about how you feel than how you look. And that translates hugely. I mean, there have been so many times That I didn't maybe notice somebody physically at first, but then just feeling their energy and the way they expressed themselves and how embodied they were Mm. became incredibly physically attractive to me. And vice versa, somebody who was visually appealing and then just feeling that they weren't embodied or they didn't, Mm. you know, they didn't or, or they were like too arrogant or whatever. And it was like, oh, I'm actually not so attracted to you. And so it is so how you feel and I, I love that you shared that story because you had gotten that haircut right before we met and I was like oh my god I love your pigtails like I, I thought it was so cute and you told me the story about having a well I guess you can sum it up in a couple of sentences if you want but I thought it was so hilarious about why you got it and then I love that it was like a catalyst for you to just rock it
1: yeah yeah <laughs> totally yeah it was really funny and it was a lesson like don't get a haircut in Venus retrograde like yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I got my, um my ex-husband as well, of all people to do it. Like we were at my family Christmas and yeah, it, things had like fallen through with a lover and I was just like grieving and I was like, right. I don't, I, you know, I don't care anymore. Like I don't need to look, you know, I don't need to look pretty for like this person because I'm not even meeting up with them anymore. I'm just going to like cut a mullet. I've always wanted one and I got my ex-husband to cut it. And yeah, the, the reason that I wasn't happy with it was because I told him so many times that I didn't want any length off. And of course he just like hacked away and like took all of the length off. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like <laughs> what have I done? I'm like, and that was right before I met you as well. And yeah, huge lessons, huge lessons of that. It was so funny.
0: Yeah, but way to transmute it, babe, to be like, I, don't, I actually don't even care how my hair looks. I'm still sexy as fuck and I rock it. Oh and since then I mean I think one of the things that I'm just so inspired by you is is the way that you share yourself in your pleasure in motion in your body and that there's been all these other women that have reached out to you and said wow I've always been so insecure about my body and we have the same body type Mm -hmm. and seeing you in your pleasure made me realize that my body is beautiful too Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. so fucking incredible and so touching because we're all our own worst critics. And to, to see somebody so embodied in their pleasure and to be like, oh, wow, this is really about how you feel and how you own it. Um, and, and to see that as a reflection of like, I can do that too. And I, I love mm. that you're the catalyst for so many women in that way. And just helping them love their bodies by loving yours.
1: Mm yeah it means everything to me like that's my why of why I do this work is to be that permission piece for other people to drop into their sensuality and their pleasure and to own it mm-hmm. and to just feel like oh okay if she can then I can you know and like we can sit here and talk about it um, but there's something also really beautiful in people actually being able to receive the transmission visually and so that's why yeah it's really important for me to I, I feel like it's really important that I share myself in my pleasure and yeah those those responses of people being like oh my god like we have the same body type and like the way that you're moving and you and appreciate and loving your body like it makes me feel like I should love my body and it's like yes that's it that's exactly it that's the permission piece
0: It's so good I love it so much and and that's it it's just getting into our bodies getting out of our head of like how do I look and how is this supposed to look? And I think that's one of the things that porn and the media have have done that's really disrupted sexuality is it's become so much like a visual and a mental thing. And if we can get out of that and say, this isn't supposed to look any kind of way, this isn't supposed to go any sort of scripted way. There's no agenda, there's no trajectory. How can I just come into the body and let what I feel lead the way? It's a completely different experience than like, I'm going into this with some plan and some expectation and worrying about how I look or or any of it. I have a a teacher, Sarah Burden, who always says sex is messy. And I I love that. Like sex is fucking messy. Just let it be this thing where we're just playing and we're just having fun. And some of the sounds that we make are not going to sound sexy. And sexy by like, the the standard that we've been told of what's a sexy sound. Mm. But some of those guttural grunts or the things that just want to move, those can be so sexy because they're authentic, because they're real, because they're expressing the energy that is here in this moment. Mm, And so-
1: embodied, yeah.
0: Yeah, letting go of the box of what is sexy and and letting yourself and your experience redefine that.
1: Mm. Mm. I love it. I love it.
0: On that note of- loving the body that you're in and really feeling that and working with it one of the questions that came up when I, I posted a little story letting people know we were going to be on a podcast together and somebody asked does size matter and that's a question that i get asked a lot it's something i talk about a lot in my vital confidence class but i think it's it's a really uh, important question to delve into and i'd love to give space for you to share what you think about that
1: hmm yeah there's so many different ways we can go with this and what feels alive for me because like this is such a topic for me that I love to go into is like how can we bring more curiosity and queerness into heterosexual sex and what this what this brings up for me is like how can we actually ask a different question and how can we learn from, for example, people having sex with each other who don't even have penises, you know, people having sex with each other with vulvas, like how do they approach it then? Like there is no size there in the question at all. And so how people with vulvas can be intimate with each other and spend hours and hours and hours just like exploring pleasure, exploring their bodies. And it's like... We, we do that by bringing curios, curiosity and creativity, exploration, and back to the body again, coming back to that unique transmission you're creating together. And, yeah, we could answer the question, and and perhaps you will, of, like, literally doesn't matter, but I love the idea of reframing it, of how can we bring more queerness? And when I say queerness, I mean, you know, not of the norm, thinking outside the box, thinking differently. And bringing that into our exploration of sexuality.
0: It's such a beautiful answer, babe. I love that because again, what are the what are the questions we're asking, and where are they coming from? And that was an interesting thing that we were finding in that conversation on the beach. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if you do see your size as a limitation, can you get creative and curious? Like you said, I think any limitation invites us to think outside the box and to get creative and to get curious and we often see limitations as negative, but they're not. They're challenges to level up. They're challenges mm-hmm. to work with what we have. So look at Italian food, for example. They're like, okay, we've got wheat and tomatoes and cheese and some spices and some meats. What are what are all the things that we're going to make out of this? And how many different permutations of those ingredients do we find in Italian food? And there's, there's all these incredible variations and things that they Uh, figured out how to make with this small list of ingredients. And so it's, it's really interesting to see, like, how can we use what we have in new ways rather than wishing we had something different. When I launched the course, Vital Confidence, I always said, learn to work your magic with the wand you've been given, because it's not, it's not so much about size. I'm sure some people will say size does matter because again, everyone is different. We can't speak for everyone. Um, Yeah. Some people are going to say it matters on one end of the spectrum. Like it can't be too small. And other people are going to say it can't be too big because I hear that a lot too. of People saying it's challenging that my partner feels a little bit too big for me, but there's always ways that we can work with it on either side, whether we feel um, like maybe we wish they were bigger or we wish they were smaller. There are always ways that we can get creative and work with that. And the body is so Incredibly versatile and able to work in these different ways. And so the female body, for example, we can reach all the erogenous zones in the female body with the hands, with toys, and with most penis sizes, because actually, even the cervix, which is at the back of the vaginal canal, she can actually move on her own towards whatever is stimulating her, which is absolutely incredible. So the body has a divine intelligence that moves towards connection, that moves towards finding ways to open when that space is safe and when there's trust and when there's an openness and a willingness to explore. And there are parts of the female body that are actually often going to respond better to manual stimulation because it's more articulate than what a penis can do. So it's like we can always get creative and think about what are the other ways that we can play with this rather than boxing ourselves into, well, size is the determining factor because it's actually just such a small ingredient.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah. I love it.
0: Well, I'm curious if there's anything else that you feel a burning desire to share about or anything that's alive for you right now, or that feels connected to this conversation or connected to your work that you want to bring into this space?
1: Mm. Mm. I don't know if there's anything else, but I just love how there's been such a common thread through this conversation and how everything's just like weaved into each other and yeah, really excited for the other topics that we have planned because I know that they're all very specific to each other and very different to this. And I just really know that they're all going to weave into each other as well. So mm, I'm feeling a lot of aliveness around that. Yeah.
0: I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope it's been clear that there's this common theme um, that there is no one size fits all approach and Mm -hmm. that the more, you know, yourself and the more you can be open and curious and learn to listen the more you're going to be guided to exactly what the moment is calling for. Get out of your head, come into your body, breathe, slow the fuck down, ask questions and, and just be, be genuine. You know, don't, don't, don't flex. Don't feel like you have anything to prove. I think oftentimes people can get their egos really wrapped up in sexual Performance, which I, mm. I really don't like the term performance at all because it implies that there's a performance. Mm. It's, it's playtime, it's not show time. And so, yeah. you, you know, when we can just not not worry about like impressing the other person, but more like we are teammates working towards a, towards a shared intention of connection, of pleasure, of exploration, and how do we support each other in that? And where does that take us? It takes on a totally different flavor.
1: Mm, yes. Yeah. I love it.
0: <sighs> well, Naomi, I'm so grateful to have you on here today. It's so fun talking with you. Um, yeah. I've missed it's been it. my
1: pleasure. <laughs> it's so great
0: that this is how we get to first really drop in together again since we last saw each other. And I'm so excited for the upcoming episodes that we'll do together, uh, like you said.
1: So excited. They're so juicy. Yeah, so juicy. They're,
0: they're truly like some really rich topics that I want to get into with Naomi. So if you loved this, definitely stay tuned and check out Naomi and her work. Naomi, what would you like to share with us about any of your upcoming offerings, how to find you, how to go deeper into your world and what you have to offer.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, So look, yeah, I am based in Australia and I do run in-person events here, but I also work predominantly online. Um, I have currently an eight week mentorship called sensual resurrection, uh, where we really go into all of these things that we've spoken about and these practices and, you know, you have that support and guidance from me in journeying through this um, so that we, you know, resensitize and we enliven the pleasure body. And that's what that work is really about. So you can find me on Instagram, Naomi Batiste, um, and TikTok, YouTube, all the places. and My website's naomibatiste.com. um Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I will be putting all of her information in the show notes. So be sure to give her a follow, check her out, show her some love. She is such a living, breathing embodiment of this work. And I'm just so honored to know her. And yeah, just celebrating Mm -hmm. you so much for everything you're doing, everything you're offering to the world. She is Just just truly a very special, incredible being. Everyone that experiences her work speaks very highly of it. And I just feel so blessed to get to have her in this space with me and to share her magic with all of you. So thank you so much for being so generous with your time and magic and medicine. Thank you for being here with all of us today.
1: Oh, I love you. (laughs) That was so beautiful. Yeah, it's been my pleasure, literally. Such an honor.
0: I love you too. And I'm excited for more to come. Thank (laughs) you, everyone, for joining us on Nectar, Sex, and Soul. It's been a pleasure to have you. And we'll see you in the next episode. Ciao. Bye. Thank you so much for dropping into Nectar, Sex, and Soul with me today. It's been a pleasure to connect with you. If this episode lit you up or illuminated something impactful for you in some way, I invite you to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with someone you feel would love to hear it. To learn more about my work, check out surayaleonara.com. sign up for my newsletter, and follow me on Instagram and YouTube, where I share tons of free content, special offers, and ensure you're the first to know about my new offerings. I offer private coaching as well as courses, workshops, and retreats, so be sure to stay in touch if you'd like to go deeper together. Thank you, loves. Have a gorgeous day. Ciao.